holy days. Notice I didn't say holiday. I said holy days. It's not man-made. Even though you have a lot of man-made things and a lot of stuff that believers do. For instance, the, this is the candlestick. This is the menorah that's in the temple that was in the first temple, second temple. But you know what, Elder? The Ark of the Covenant was not in the second temple. Hmm. I'll tell you that mystery on that one. But as I said, this candlestick, and we learned yesterday that this is representation of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is the light of the world, correct? And this was the only light that emanated illumination in the temple. You know, before they had, in Moses' day, they had the tabernacle. Where you would have the tents of meetings. This is where they would come out and meet with God. You would have the priest, the high priest. They would go in and you could hear him coming because he would have the bells on his ephod down there. And you could hear the high priest coming before you see him. You can imagine that sound. It was beautiful. Um, I want to talk. I want to get a little bit. I want to finish up a little bit today on, and I mentioned the word yesterday, almond. I'm going to give you just a little bit on that. But this is Hanukkah. In case you don't know, go to John. You know where to go, 1022. So we are not making up nothing. I mean, we're still on, what, this is day five. Okay, well, Christmas, what, one day, what, what's going on? Ain't God still good? Hmm? I told you, there's nowhere in the Bible where you will find that you are to celebrate his birthday. If he wanted to celebrate his birthday, he would have told you his birthday. Right? You meet somebody, you ask them their birthday. You know their birthday. It would be crazy if I, I'm married to my wife, I don't know her birthday. Wouldn't that be something? But all of his feasts, you have the date. You have the month because that's what he wanted you to know. So obviously, that wasn't an important thing to him. But we honor him every day. You honor him in your character, how you act, how you show forth love toward him and man. Amen? So Hanukkah, let's read, let's see, was he there? Let's see if he was at Christmas. Let's see if he was at his birthday. This is John chapter 10 and verse 22. It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. All right. The word Hanukkah means what? Dedication. So it's throughout the Bible. When you see dedication or sacrifice, that's the word Hanukkah. Say it. Hanukkah. All right. So it's all throughout the Bible. It's just that we don't know where to look. In Israel, the star David, it does, not, it, it does represent Jerusalem now. 
But the Star of David doesn't, is not their national symbol for Israel. The menorah is. I can trace the Star of David. As a matter of fact, it's not even mentioned in the Bible. So I can trace the star of David all the way back. You can go all the way back to Mesopotamia. You can go all the way back. The swastika didn't come into existence in Germany. I can go to India and look at some mosaics on the floor and I'll see the swastika there. See, this is how we are deceived about what we are really doing and what we see. And we just take as people anything that somebody, you know, the Bible said, toss to and fro from any type of wind of doctrine. We just believe it. So when we see something like this, and even this is not what was in the temple. This is the nine branch. The seven is what's in the temple. This is tradition. Just like you see the star of David there. It's tradition. So these things are not new. It's just that people adapt to them or adopt them as what they are. Right? The pentagram. If I tell you that, what do you think about the pentagram? What's that represent? Yeah. People change the meaning of things from the origin of what they really are. Yeah? I mean, got people hating pumpkins. God created the pumpkin. And I love pumpkin pie. But it's what people do with it. It's what it represents. Right? So, in the misrepresentation, we lose the meaning of things. This is the prayer shawl. Soon as somebody put one of these things, you Jewish? This was the prayer closet. These were the wings, the zitzits. This is what the lady touched with the issue of blood. But we ascribe it just as, you know, this is what Jesus, this is what he did in his attire. I'm just saying, we get mixed up on the meaning of Christ and we get mixed up in the meaning of Hanukkah. It's a, it's a victory, but it's a victory of war. And tonight we're going to have the theatrical reading from Minister Al back there. <laughs> going to set you up. But I, I got a few things I want to <laughs> cover with you quickly, though. All right. So. Go to, number, go to Numbers real quick, 17, 8. See, teacher, I only have like that and that. That's it. I just want to make sure. Oh, man. You ready? Amplify. Numbers chapter 17 at verse 8. And the next day Moses went into the tent of the testimony. And behold, the
The rod of Aaron for the house of Levi had sprouted and brought forth buds and produced blossoms and yielded ripe almonds. Mm. Man. Of all things, Aaron rod produced almonds. Hmm. Okay. Let's see here. Go to Jeremiah. Go to Jeremiah 1. And 11. You got it? Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch or shoot of an almond tree, the emblem of alertness and activity, blossoming in late winter. Wow. Of an what? An olive tree. An almond tree. <laughs> Hmm. Go to verse 2. Mm -hmm. Verse 12. I said 11, 1. I mean, it was at uh, 1, 11, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, 12. Yeah, go ahead. Verse 12. Then said the Lord to me, you have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. Said he seemed well to see the olive. Oh, not the olive. There we go. See the what? The almond. He said he seemed well. Okay. Almond tree. Almond tree, right? Ready to perform my word, King James. Ready to. What does this mean? It makes no sense if I spoke to Gala. It made no sense if I spoke English in it. It makes no sense in English. It makes no sense in German. It makes no sense in Indian, Indonesian if I spoke that. It makes no sense in Chinese, Japanese. It makes no sense in that. But in the Hebrew, but in the Hebrew, wait a minute, almond, what's going on here? Hmm. In the Hebrew, it makes perfect sense. Because the word in the Hebrew, almond, means it's, it's shakade. Say it, shakade. And the word in Hebrew, keep my word or watch over my word, it means the same thing. Shakade. Exactly the same meaning. Hold on. They are the same. They are the same. God is saying this. This is how I'm going to keep my word. Y'all got to catch it. I'm going to slow it down for you. It's a key. And keep my word. It means an almond. It means that. They're the same. Wait a minute. God is saying, this is how I'm going to keep my word. He's saying, this is how I'm going to keep my word. The same word. The same thing. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is how I'm going to keep my word. 
y'all gonna get this. Okay. Maybe, maybe you just didn't get it. Maybe you didn't get it. Go back to verse 1. Not verse 1, but 11. Verse 11. <laughs> Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch or shoot of an almond tree. Cicade. The emblem of alertness and activity blossoming in late winter. Okay, okay. Listen to this. I'm going to keep my word the same way. The same way I'm going to keep my word forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. So just look. look. He's saying like this. What do you see? I see what? A shoot that looks like what? An almond. Shakate. I'm going to get you there. He said, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly how, listen, Shakate, that's exactly how the non-physical or spiritual way that I'm going to keep my word and perform my word. Okay. Like, I, like, I like where y'all at right now. Y'all like, trying to follow you. I'm going to keep my word. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then I'm going to watch over my word. The same today, yesterday, tomorrow, next week, next month. I'm the same. I'm going to watch over word and it's going to perform. I change not. I'm the same. Okay. I will do what I said I'm going to do. Go to Psalms. Mm, mm, mm. Y'all going to get it. Mm, mm, mm. Psalms 1, 35. Start at 15 to 18. Psalms 135 at verse 15. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. Idols have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Mm. 18. Verse 18, those who make idols are like them. So is everyone who trusts in and relies on them. So the idols have ears. They don't hear. They have eyes. They can't see. They have mouths. And they can't speak. But I. Will, and I promise that I've watched over my word to perform it. I cannot lie. See, this is like foreign to us. He's saying, I'm the same. 
Jeremiah, what you see? What you see? I'm just like that. What do you see? I'm just like that. I see a branch as a, I see a, an, an almond. I'm the same. I'm the same just like what you see. And I'm the same in what I say. I don't change. Y'all get y'all is like the deer in the headlights. Woo! He said, I will do everything I said I would do. I watch over my word as it performs. What you see? What do you see? Then he said, You see well. I can't lie. Can I? He will do everything he said he would do. Elder, right now in Israel, right now, beginning to be January, February, Right? The, the almond tree is getting ready to blossom. It's getting ready to blossom between January and February. The almond tree blossoms. And when you see the almond tree, it's adorned in white when it blossoms. I mean, it's blossom. It's, it's there for a few weeks. It only comes for a season. The almond. Aaron Rod budded. Almond. God said, I can't lie. I'm the same. I've promised you the promised land. Yeah. I watch over my word to see it perform. We haven't behold the beauty. The almond tree is adorned in white. What kind of robe will you, will you have? And it only lasts for a season before you don't see the blossom anymore. <laughs> okay. 
The almond tree, out of all the trees, out of all the trees, all the trees, the almond tree is the first tree that blossoms. And Jesus is the first fruits. I don't get it. Woo, teacher. It only comes for a season, y'all. The blossom of that almond tree. The almond tree is the first to blossom of all the trees. Jesus' resurrection is always linked to the blossom of the almond tree. Go to 1 Corinthians. Five, twenty to twenty-three amplified. I don't have twenty-three verses. Uh, fifteen. Chapter fifteen. First Corinthians, chapter fifteen. You got that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, yeah. verse 23. No, 20 through 23. Verse 20. But the fact is that Christ the Messiah has been raised from the dead, and he became the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep mm. in death. Mm -hmm. For since it was through a man that death came into the world, it is also through a man that the resurrection of the dead has come. Come on. For just as because of their union of nature and Adam, all people die, so also by virtue of their union of nature shall all in Christ be made alive. Yes. But each in his own rank and turn, Christ the Messiah is the first fruits. Fruit. Then those who are Christ's own will be resurrected at his coming. That's you. It's always symbolism. That's why I started off with the symbolism. It's always symbolism in the Bible. It's a language that you have to understand. He is the, it's the first. Listen, in the Ark of the Covenant was Aaron's rod that budded full grown, full mature almond. And it's the first blossom of all trees. And they are adorned with white. He's giving you something. He's trying to tell you who I am. <laughs> Just like the menorah. Go to Isaiah. Okay. <sighs> Go to Revelation. We're talking about the candlestick. Well, you know, in Isaiah, you get the seven spirits of God, right? Okay, so we're going to cut some time because I got to get him to read some stuff tonight. So go to Revelation 4, 5. Revelation chapter 4, verse 5. Out from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And in front of the throne, seven blazing torches burned, which are the seven spirits of God. The sevenfold Holy Spirit. Now, that, get the King James up there. You can do that rise there. 
And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Right here. Right in front of you. The thing that we have no understanding about. Seven churches. Seven candlesticks. Seven angels over them. I'm just telling it's right in front of us. You can do whole, the whole history of mankind is presented before you right here. From Genesis to Revelation, right here in front of you. That's the genie. He can show you the genealogy of man right here. The beginning of man and the fall of man right here in front of you. And I told you last night, out of all the pieces that were in there, when they got to the candlestick, when they got to the menorah, it said his. It didn't say it. Make it. Make it because this represents Christ, the Holy Spirit, right here. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, right there. Revelation 21, 23. The seven spirits of God. The seven spirits right here. See, it's not in the tradition. It's in the original. Okay? Go ahead. Revelation 21 at verse 23. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. He is the light of the world. He is the menorah. Because if you go to Genesis, it, the light in the sun all wasn't created until what? Day four. But in the beginning, he said what? And he said in the beginning, let there be light. It wasn't the sun and it wasn't the moon. And everything was made. Through the word of God. Not nothing that was made. Everything came through him. This is the only light that was in the tabernacle. It's dark. It was, it's the only light that emanated in darkness. You can be pitch black, but you can have that light and you can see it. If I cut all these lights out in here, and the only light that's going in here is that sign that says exit, you'll see it. <laughs> Y'all get it, exit? In that darkness. I just want to, it's so much more depth into this menorah and what it really represents with Christ, the Father, the Spirit, the apostles. You can see everything in it. Did you hear something? Oh, I thought you said you had something. I mean, I can just hear you. Yeah. You want to take it? Well, come on. I've been waiting for you all week. It's all good. We're going to get the, the reading tonight because we're going to get into the story of the Maccabees. Amen? So, come on. I'm, I'm, I can keep going. I can just stop. You want a mic? Come on, teacher. You're, oh, you're not? There you go. I just want us to really understand. The almond. 
than our, <laughs> the Yarman. <laughs> and how God is really trying to show a connection with this symbolism that he is. And I believe that we are kind of missing really he is, mm -hmm. uh, to even go further is uh, we're on grace tonight, right? That's right, absolutely. Which is five. That's right. So it takes about approximately five years for the almond tree That's right. to start to, to grow. produce. Teacher, you're right. And in some cases, listen, 12. 12. So you have, see, we so, need to talk. And 12 is government. That's right. So. For it, it to become fully mature. Exactly. Exactly. The government was upon his shoulders. So That's right. It, he is showing you that he is a part of everything that he created. Everything. Uh, and, and in his creation, it should just be another resounding uh, voice of who he is. But we, we, we miss it. We are just looking at the menorah. Yep. Uh, and, and the entire word is the menorah because he is the menorah because it's considered to also be the tree of life. That's right. So if we're, right. okay, but really I just wanted to do the five for grace. Oh, amen. It. And we are on that. See, everything has a reason. Go ahead, Mark. And the way we flow. Y'all see how our information was? And we didn't, we haven't discussed this with each, each other. See, I need us to be like that. I need a husband and wife to be connected just like that. Amen. I need, listen, our friendships to be connected just like that. Amen. All right. So at this time, we're going to have uh, Minister Al's going to start the reading of the Maccabees. He's going to give us a little storyline so we can see it. We're going to, as we continue to this, this whole story of the Maccabees is, is about faith. It's about sacrifice. It's about dedication. You know, the things that shouldn't be foreign to us should be native to us. Amen? This should be our lifestyle. We, we, are, we know how to deal with affliction. We know how to deal with discomfort. And we don't get lost. We, we, we are supposed to be able to go through difficult times. Paul said, I know how to base and abound. I know how to act when I got a lot, and I know how to act when I ain't got nothing. I can know how to act when I'm, listen, he said he'd been in perils, in deep, in everything, and nothing. He's been in, in the sea, in the deep for three days, naked, hungry. He said, and nothing moves me. So this is what you're going to see in this story of the Maccabees, of Metathias and his sons, how they were not moved. But you're also going to see how some were moved. Some were fearful. All right, you ready? All right, you know I said you got to read it fast. You know how you like 1x, 2x? Uh, give me 3x. I'm just <laughs> it's not going to be no words up, y'all. So he just put yourself there. This is the faithfulness of Mattathias. During that time, a priest of the Jehoiarib family named Mattathias, who was the son of John and the grandson of Simeon, moved from Jerusalem and settled in Modain. Mattathias had five sons, John also called Gadi, Simon, also called Thasi, Judas, also called Maccabeus, Eleazar, also called Avaran, and Jonathan, also called Apphus. When Mattathias saw all the sins that were being committed in Judea 
and Jerusalem. He said, why was I born to see these terrible things, the ruin of my people and of the holy city? Must I sit here helpless while the city is surrendered to enemies and the temple falls into the hands of foreigners? The temple is like someone without honor. Its splendid furnishings have been carried away as loot. Our children have been killed in the streets and our young men by the sword of the enemy. Every nation in the world has occupied the city and robbed her of her possessions. All her ornaments have been stripped away. She is now a slave, no longer free. Look at our temple, profaned by the Gentiles, emptied of all its splendor. Why should we go on living? In their grief, Mattathias and his sons tore their clothes, put on sackcloth, and continued in deep mourning. Then the king's officials, who were forcing the people to turn from God, came to the town of Modain to force the people there to offer pagan sacrifices. Many of the Israelites came to meet them, including Mattathias and his sons. The king's officials said to Mattathias, You are a respected leader in this town, and you have the support of your sons and relatives. Why not be the first one here to do what the king has commanded? All the Gentiles, the people of Judea, and all the people left in Jerusalem have already done so. If you do, you and your sons will be honored with the title of Friends of the King, and you will be rewarded with silver and gold and many gifts. Mattathias answered in a loud voice, I don't care if every Gentile in this empire has obeyed the king and yielded to the command to abandon the religion of his ancestors. My children, my relatives, and I will continue to keep the covenant that God made with our ancestors. With God's help, we will never abandon his law or disobey his commands. We will not obey the king's decree, and we will not change our way of worship in the least. Just as he finished speaking, one of the men from Modain decided to obey the king's decree and stepped out in front of everyone to offer a pagan sacrifice on the altar that stood there. When Mattathias saw him, he became angry enough to do what had to be done. Shaking with rage, he ran forward and killed the man right there on the altar. He also killed the royal official who was forcing the people to sacrifice, and then he tore down the altar. In this way, Mattathias showed his deep devotion for the law, just as Phineas had done when he killed Zimri, son of Salu. This is the guerrilla warfare of Mattathias. Then Mattathias went through the town shouting, Everyone who is faithful to God's covenant and obeys his law, follow me. With this, he and his sons fled to the mountains, leaving behind all they owned. At that time, also many of the Israelites who were seeking to be right with God through obedience to the law, went out to live in the wilderness, taking their children, their wives, and their livestock with them because of the terrible oppression they were suffering. The report soon reached the king's officials and the soldiers in the fort at Jerusalem that some men who had defied the king's command had gone into hiding in the wilderness. A large force of soldiers pursued them, caught up with them, set up camp opposite them, and prepared to attack them on the Sabbath. There is still time, they shouted out to the Jews. 
Come out and obey the king's command, and we will spare your lives. We will not come out, they answered. We will not obey the king's command, and we will not profane the Sabbath. The soldiers attacked them immediately, but the Jews did nothing to resist. They did not even throw stones or block the entrances to the caves where they were hiding. They said, we will all die with a clear conscience. Let heaven and earth bear witness that you are slaughtering us unjustly. So the enemy attacked them on the Sabbath and killed the men, their wives, their children, and their livestock. A thousand people died. When Mattathias and his friends heard the news about this, they were greatly saddened and said to one another, If all of us do as these other Jews have done, and refuse to fight the Gentiles to defend our lives and our religion, we will soon be wiped off the face of the earth. On that day, they decided that if anyone attacked them on the Sabbath, they would defend themselves, so that they would not all die as other Jews had died in the caves. Then Mattathias and his friends were joined by a group of devout and patriotic Jews, the strongest and bravest men in Israel, who had all volunteered to defend the law. In addition, everyone who was fleeing from the persecution joined them and strengthened their forces. Now that they had an army, they gave vent to their anger by attacking the renegade Jews. Those who escaped were forced to flee to the Gentiles for safety. Mattathias and his friends went everywhere, tearing down pagan altars and circumcising by force every uncircumcised boy they found within the borders of Israel. They were also successful in hunting down the arrogant Gentile officials. They rescued the law of Moses from the Gentiles and their kings and broke the power of the wicked king Antiochus. This is the death of Mattathias. When the time came for Mattathias to die, he said to his sons, These are times of violence and distress. Arrogant people are in control and have made us an object of ridicule. But you, my sons, must be devoted to the law and ready to die to defend God's covenant with our ancestors. Remember what our ancestors did and how much they accomplished in their day. Follow their example and you will be rewarded with great glory and undying fame. Remember how Abraham put his trust in the Lord when he was tested and how the Lord was pleased with him and accepted him. Joseph, in his time of trouble, obeyed God's commands and became ruler over the land of Egypt. Phinehas, our ancestor, because of his burning devotion, was given the promise that his descendants would always be priests. Joshua was made a judge in Israel because he obeyed the command of Moses. Caleb brought back a good report to the community and was given a part of the land as a reward. David was made king and was given the promise that his descendants would always be kings because of his steadfast loyalty to God. Elijah, because of his great devotion to the law, was taken up into heaven. Hananiah, Azariah and Mishael were saved from the flames because they had faith. Daniel was a man of integrity, and the Lord rescued him from the mouth of the lions. Take each of these ancestors of ours as an example, and you will realize that no one who puts his trust in the Lord will ever lack strength.
Don't be afraid of the threats of a wicked man. Remember that he will die, and all his splendor will end with worms feeding on his decaying body. Today he may be highly honored, but tomorrow he will disappear. His body will return to the earth, and his scheming will come to an end. But you, my sons, be strong and courageous in defending the law, because it is through the law that you will earn great glory. Your brother Simon is wise, so always listen to him as you would to me. Judas Maccabeus has been strong all his life. He will be your commander and will lead you in battle against the enemy. Call everyone who obeys God's law to rally around you. Then avenge the wrongs done to your people. Pay back the Gentiles for what they have done and always obey the law and its commands. Then Mattathias gave them his blessing and died. He was buried in the family tomb at Modain, and all the people of Israel went into deep mourning for him. This happened in the year 146. All right. I'm going to stop him there because we have to end. But I just want to give you a briefing of what was really going on. It's going to get even better the next couple of nights with this. And, uh, man, it, we need a, it'd be awesome if we could act this out, man. <laughs> that would be nice, you know. But um, he was reading from 1 Maccabees. Now, in the original 1611, um, the Maccabees 1 and 2 was part of the canon of Scripture. Okay? In 1611, it was part of it. And I think if you know this story, see, I believe your faith will be stronger. Because once you see the atrocities that they and the persecution that they went through, you know, we, we, we get upset, you know, the building closed down or no lights or, or anything like this. But their lives were put on the line for the law. And like I said, it's, it's something to really see and understand, you know, what we really have in the lives that were sacrificed for us to do what we do. And, you know, it's a shame that people think that between Malachi and Matthew, nothing was happening. Well, this right here is what Daniel prophesied. This is what happened. I told you, you can go to any history book and you can see Alexander the Great. This was the story of the Maccabees that you see in all your history books. See, so it's just a shame that this is how we think that nothing was happening. God won't speak in. In this time. Oh, it was a war going on. It has never stopped. So he just stopped? And that was it for 400 years? No way. So just as they have fought and to preserve the word, you have to do the same. Because they're coming as well for your word. That's the nature of it. This is why it's called the Antichrist, one that is opposed against Christ. Antichrist Epiphanes, that's what he was, and type of Antichrist. Nero, type of Antichrist. Caligius, a type of Antichrist. These are, the, these are the things, but you can see it throughout history. So it's one thing to be and understand Constantine and how he you know, said that, you know, it's okay. They wasn't really, they wasn't anti-Semites. They just, they, they let, you know, you could do whatever you want, but they really wanted that one world 
government or one world control or one world order. Like I said, they could study the Torah, but it had to be under the philosophical way. They couldn't do it for spiritual reasons. They took away their sacrifices. They couldn't keep the Sabbath. Now they attacked them on the Sabbath. They know that's their holy day. But they said, we're going to fight on that, even if it is. You know that same fight you have, like coming to church? See, it's the same fight. Do I? Then what was what people don't see, elders, that they were doing and they were doing the ethnic cleansing. Because if you're not with us, then you must be against us. So they were forcing circumcision on their children. Did y'all hear that? What was so awesome is that his father, how he gave them their charge as he was dying. And he knew his sons. I listened to, you know, uh, uh, Mattathias. He was the hammer. Judah was the hammer. He said, listen, he's always been strong. From his youth. So, and then the other one had great counsel. See, it's just like in your family. Somebody is strong and somebody has great counsel in your family. It's no different. Y'all know you got a strong person in your family. Then you got a person who just give in to everything. See, this is the same type of spirit. Antiochus Epiphanes IV is a type of antichrist. He's trying to stop you. It's just the same thing like coming to church. The enemy tries to stop you from progressing. That was spiritual warfare. And the same spiritual warfare is going on with you now. It's no different. They violated the temple. Now you're the temple. Now what he tries to do is violate you with pornography, with sex, with overeating. All things. He's still trying to violate the temple of God. That's what they did then. Now you're the temple. Well, he's going to come to the temple. So, you know, the secular Jews, they have to have a third temple. Y'all know it's a fourth temple? Look at that, they ain't even go there. <laughs> but this temple that they're building with all of the furnishing is needed. This is the place, this is the place that the Antichrist is going to set up. He's going to come in. He's going to strike a deal for 70, seven years. But then in the middle of the seven and a half year, it's going to be broken. Then he's going to come and say, I'm going to be, I'm going to sit in this throne and say, I'm God. This is the time that we're living in. They're building the temple. They got all of it together. See, but he says, I'm like the almond. I'm the same. If you, I promise I'm going to come. And when I come this time, he said his feet's going to stand where? On the Mount of Olives. And it says when he stepped on the Mount of Olives, there's going to be a great earthquake and it's going to divide. Yeah. See, and we're not ready for, see, this is stuff we ain't even learning. In, right. Your best life now. Let's deal with your emotions. While we're dealing with your emotions, this is what the enemy is getting ground on you. It's only one story. That's only one story. And you have and you're in it right now in your struggle. You're in it right now. 
Some of you are real connected. See, they, when they left Edom, see, those are the ones that was in the front. But you got the stragglers back here, the weak and the straggling, the young. That's where he pick off. You know, like a pride of animals, of lions. They look for the weak one. The pride come in and wound them. The lion don't come in and wound you. The pride come in and wound you. So then he can come in and now devour you. See, that's why you got to be careful that you're wounded. Hello? This is why you have to be careful that you're wounded. Because you easy prey now. And he's seeking to devour. Where you been, Satan? Up and down, seeking who I may devour like a roaring lion. Okay. That's why you got to be careful. You got to be healed. You can't be. You're, you're a sitting target. A shark can smell a drop of blood 20 miles away. So they follow the blood. They, they follow the wounded. This is why you can't be wounded. You easy prey. I'm going to say it again. You easy prey. I know. I just have to move. I have to do what the Holy Spirit say. And, and happy Hanukkah. <laughs> I keep telling y'all you're in a fight that you win. Elder, you win this thing. Now let's go get the stragglers. It's time. This is what happened with Israel. This is what happened with them. See, see in the back, see, this is how the enemy could come in and, and they're not paying attention to the teachings. So they're more interested in what's going on in the land. And he said, don't even ask them, don't even discuss with them about their gods. You got to be healed. That's what grace is about. You got to be healed. So we can get this thing moving. Let's see. Who is it tonight? <laughs> uh, Elder Chief, come on up here. He got his salute. He might as well. Come on. Elder Chief, come on in here. Man of God, let me get you. Um, I need my. Okay. We're going to light the Shema. And then we're going to light this one. This one. This one. That one. This one. All right. Ready, Elder? Thank you, first of all. Man, y'all can stand to your feet. That one, that one, that one, that one. Yeah, like it's going out for a second. The candle that he's holding is called the Shamash. It's the helper. And it's the light. That lights all the other candles. So you could be the Shema.
right over here. Okay. okay. Elder, thank you so much. Elder, you, you don't mind me asking you. How old are you, Elder? He is 71. Now watch this. This is grace. Three score and ten. And anything over that 70 is grace. And this is where he's in right now. That's what the scripture says. So this ain't no coincidence. But can you imagine he's grew up in church, you know, no church. But look how God is opening his eyes in his last moments. Because he's a just God. And he's allowing him to experience the fullness of your faith. It's all because of his heart. Now, God is good because in the beginning, <laughs> he probably, it was probably hard to understand, won't I? Probably didn't. He probably didn't really, at the moment, you know, in the beginning, like me. But see, love never fails. Now, this man, I'm 55, he is 71, and he calls me his pastor when I'm here. I mean, to me, it's an honor to serve with someone with the wisdom that he carries and the heart that he carries. It's genuine. See, and he had the willingness to change. And I know, I know it was hard. When you come to Walker Ministry, it's different. It can be difficult. Because we got to get certain things out of you. Now, he calls me. He knows the word. When he calls me, when he has a question. He's a great example. I have the greatest respect for this man and his walk. And he says, I keep feeding him. He said he keeps. I love what he always says. This is one of his favorite things. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's got an awesome testimony, too. So I just want to really just, you know, give honor where honor is due tonight with Elder Cheatham. Grace is upon you. Amen. Amen. I love you. Y'all know I love, I love you, man. Come on, I love you, too. You're my man and God. I love him. Let's do the prayer. These are the prayers 
Barukata Adonai Eloheinu Melecha Olam Sha'asa Nisim Avotenu Hayamim Hahem Bazman Haze Amin Blessed are you Lord our God King of the universe who did miracles for our forefathers in those days at this season Amen Barukata Adonai Eloheinu Melecha Olam Shehecheyanu Bikiyimanu Bihigianu Lazman Haze Amin Blessed are you Lord our God King of the universe who has kept us alive sustained us and brought us to this season Amen We're looking at these lights because of the miracles and the wonders, the salvations, and the battles which you perform for our forefathers in those days at this season through your holy priests. During all eight days of Hanukkah, these lights are holy. We are not using them for ordinary lights. Instead, we are looking at them in order to give thanks and praise for your great name and for your miracles, your wonders, and your salvations. Amen. Let's take a moment and reflect. This is about dedication, rededication. Rededication. Rededicating our walk, how we treat each other, our relationships, how we fellowship, how we associate with each other. Rededicate our minds to go out and get God's harvest. This is a time of reflection. They said these are not like ordinary lights. Let's gaze upon them and remember the sacrifices the Maccabees and his family and the atrocities that you're going to hear and the strength and the faith of the people of God. No compromise. I think this is a very special moment in each and every one of y'all lives tonight. This is not by coincidence. It is by design. Now let's take full advantage. Let's take full advantage of this moment and reflection. And let's rededicate our lives to God. Let's surrender everything we haven't surrendered. Let's uncover everything that's been hidden. Let's bring God a true heart, a true woman, and a true man of God. Let's present our bodies to him. Amen. Shabbat shalom. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord.